Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. Oh, hello, everybody. Uh, if you are new to, to Talking About the Big Stuff and you just randomly uh, saw us pop up, you know, somewhere online and, and decided to follow the stream, uh, thank you. Please, if you're watching on Facebook, like the Facebook page. If you're watching on YouTube, like the channel. Um, and remember, you can always uh, you can always listen to this later on if you want, if you prefer to, to check it out while you're driving or whatever. So, with uh, without further ado, Matthew, what is our topic for this evening? Our topic is um, one of the big stuffs. I wanted the to talk about uh, maybe... I I wanted to talk about the meaning of life. Just a little topic. Yeah. So <laughs> just to uh to talk about the topic itself for a second. Yeah, well um, I want to talk about the topic of the meaning of life more than I want to talk about the meaning of life itself. Yeah. Well, I was I, I was having talking to somebody at work today and I was like, Are you gonna check out the stream tonight? And and he was like, What's the topic? And I said, The meaning of life, and I'm pretty sure Matthew will make at least one Monty Python joke. And then I went back into the notes and I had already seen already Monty Python joke. joke and I hadn't got it. I was, and, I, and when I went back in, I was like, oh, because Matthew put in our notes um, for what we were going to talk about today. He put in there, uh, is it better than the Holy Grail? And I think the answer to that question is no. I think, Mon I think Meaning of Life is my least favorite of the three. But I'm a Life of Brian fan. I think Life yeah. of Brian's. I mean, best. I think Meaning of Life is the easiest transition from Monty Python's Flying Circus into the movies because it's the most like an episode of Monty Python's Flying right. Circus. Yeah, and it's got it's got some great songs. Um, so actually, so, okay, I give you a father son moment from Meaning of Life that was that tells a lot about my 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 upbringing. I was a, a teen when it came out, and I don't know if I had it on video or if it was on. A streaming service at the time, which would have been HBO at the time, because it was the only one. Um, but I watched it with no, it was, it was video because I watched it with my parents. I I, I I set out to watch it with my parents. And there's the scene where the guy is in the restaurant and he keeps eating food and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and finally explodes and his organs are exploding. And I'm like, this is the point where my parents are going to freak and make me turn this off. And my father goes, pause this. And I pause it. He goes, is the whole movie like this? And I said, well, I mean, it's absurdist comedy. Yeah. And he goes, okay, rewind that shit. I want to see that again. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, there you go. And that's why I am the way I am. I started watching the movie. I have never made it through all the way. I watched it uh, uh, a little ways through with my mother. And because my mom likes comedy, but I think there was, I can't remember what it was, but something made me go every nope, sperm nope. is sacred perhaps the one that they had the catholic scene <laughs> i don't think she cared about that i don't think it was that was there was, was there nudity in the movie um i don't remember offhand but i mean when they had nudity yeah. it was always like you know just for a couple of seconds if they did it was never a big part yeah. of their stuff every sperm is sacred though is a really good part of the of tonight's topic uh especially when when i listened to today's scathing atheist and they talked about how um, quite literally now every sperm is sacred in in Alabama. So yeah, eggs or chickens. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, you, 
So, so the meaning of life, what I wanted to talk about at meaning of life was not what is the meaning of life, but is there a meaning of life? And do we need there to be a meaning of life? Okay, so, great. So, so, so we're revisiting the nihilism problem? episode then, I suppose. I mean, uh, it depends on your answer. <laughs> yeah. So I did not come at it that way. Um, I, I, I was think when I was prepping for the, for tonight, I was thinking of, uh, so my answer that I came up with to what is the meaning of life uh, is about as douchey as it, as you can get. Um, so, you know, buckle up. So, so on uh, brand. I think that the search for the meaning of life is the meaning of life. Douchey, right? Wow, dude. Like, so Goofy is a dog? It's As like a Goofy douche. is a dog, but he has Pluto, who's a dog. Apparently, Go- apparently Goofy's not a dog, I heard recently. Yeah, I, I saw a headline. I didn't go to the clickbait and follow through and see what it was. This retconning is fucking crazy. Um... <laughs> No, I I think that um, I I just think that like so so I so so you're the Buddha. Like sure. at the point that you reach enlightenment and you know what the meaning of life is, that's when you die because that's the your life life's mission is to find out, and when you find out, when you reach enlightenment, that's when you die. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, that would be a very Buddhist kind of approach to the meaning of life. Yeah. Um, so there's an, uh, there's a quote and I, and I forget where I heard the quote. Um, uh, maybe we can Google it and figure it out. But, um, uh, the quote that I, it was, let us be more concerned with the happiness of pursuit than the pursuit of happiness. And I've, I've really kind of thought about that a lot over the last decade or so as, you know, like I, I mean, I think that to some extent, the idea of pursuing stuff is, um, is, is overly capitalistic, but like, I think that there is, you know, if we don't look at it in a capitalistic way, we don't look at it pursuing goods and things, but like we look at, I think the word pursuing pursuing... has capitalistic overtones. Right. If it was a search or a quest, it wouldn't be such a, Right, exactly. Expression. I mean, because so, that was playing on the pursuit of happiness, which is purely a capitalist pursuit. So, right, I agree. So, um, that was my thoughts. So, so that's I, I think that those two answers are kind of uh, tied together, as far as like, I, I, I think that to have some kind of like end of the road concept for this is the the strict definition of the meaning of life or the goal of life or whatever kind of defeats the purpose. And it's really, you know, we, we, there's a lot of cliches. There's the, it's about the, the journey, not the destination. But like, I do think that there is a truth to those cliches and, and that I think we have to concern ourselves with that in, in, in that, in our, detangling of the meaning of life see my biggest problem with the meaning of life is the the sure because i think there can be it's like serial monogamy you know it could be lots of meanings of life and it could be at different stages of your life the meaning for your life is different and that can change and grow or just be done with like meaning in my life was finding my life mate founder check then different meaning as we build life together, different meaning as we're parents of young children and as we're parents of adults and as, you know, 
you know, the different parts of your life give give life meaning without life needing to have a meaning. Like it's not a riddle to be solved for me. Right. Or at least not a riddle with one answer. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Let me so, look at, but, let me... so, but within that, what are the different meanings that you can have or in your search, what are the different milestones that make life meaningful and give it a level of meaning? Sure. Um, I'm, look, I'm referring to the notes. Uh, yeah. We have a tendency to just like, okay, we've got this thing that should take us an hour and it ends up taking us 10 minutes and we're all wrapped up. But like, I, let's see. Um, I hit all my notes. Uh, <laughs> Mine were questions for topics of discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like your I, I like your explanation. I think that that is. I think that that's a really good way of looking at it. But I and I I want to add to it and say that I th think that it can be easy to get bogged down in small, incremental ones. Um, for example, you know, you mentioned you you find your soul, you know, you find your person, then you find I didn't let's say it's like decades. You find your person. Then <laughs> and I'm saying yours aren't small, yours aren't quick. Um, but I think that some people it's like, okay, you find the person, you get married, you buy a house, you have a kid, you have a second kid, you get a dog, and like it's every two years. I feel like you're writing the outline of a seventies uh rock anthem. I just think that that becomes, I think that it has, especially maybe suburban, middle-class America, that has become the thing um, that the, the, it's become like a, a cadence that we've kind of looked at it. And each thing is the, you know, the next big meaning. Yours are much more, you know, nebulous, becoming a parent of a, you know, and and it's not and then for me i mean i don't think those are true means i don't think anyone else needs to find a spouse or needs sure. to be a parent i mean i'm just saying and it was more like yeah and it wasn't like i need to have children now as much as once i had children that was the meaning that was what gave my life meaning once i had them because that became the focus because that's once you take on that responsibility that's your job right yeah and i and i think that you've got like for example i i think i have parallel things going on right now um, cause obviously I'm a, a husband and a parent and like, and those are goals that to become those things was, were goals. Now being those things is their own, is its own goal. And, and, and you're never, you never, you never finish, get to the finish line. Well, hopefully. I mean, you have to finish at least once if you're going to be a parent. It's called premature. No. Um, but then in addition to like the fact that like, you know, being a parent is a constant pursuit and being a spouse, if you're doing, if you're being a spouse correctly, it's a constant thing. It's not a, well, we got married. Now we're married thing. It's more of a, okay, I want to be there for you during, you know, you're going through a hard time and I need you right now because I'm going through a hard time. I'm going to back you up in your career. I'm going to help you as you try to balance, uh, you know, having, having our kids with having a job. And so it becomes, you know, every one of these things there, you know, this isn't a, you, you know, the, it, 
the marriage isn't the finish line. The birth of your kid's not the finish line. They're just... I mean, death is the finish line. I mean, I think that yeah. we should be able to agree on. Well, right, right. because we don't believe in an afterlife, so death is the finish line. Right, but my point being... But like, you can leave I... things to extend past the finish line. Yeah, no. For for you and I, death is the finish line. Well, I would think for everybody, for death is the finish line. But for you and I, we acknowledge death is the finish line. Um, but then I think there's also the the there's the the you know the like the concurrent stuff. So like this, you know, chocolate diamond media is one of my things that I want. You know, like. I've been dreaming of being a filmmaker and a writer since I was like 12, maybe 11, 12 years old. Like I've, this has been my dream to do these things. And so, so this is becoming part of that, you know, goal of, of, of life, meaning of, of life is to try to pursue my own artistic endeavors. Um, I think that like, if you look at, uh, your family, for example, I, I think that between Madhavi and, and Leah, like it's very clear that their, whether it's their meaning of life or it's just a huge passion of their life, they've got their activism, and and I think that that's you know something that I'm starting to, I, I am starting you know, Alex and I went uh, for the audience who can't see Alex. Alex is our producer. Alex is also my coworker. Alex and I went and we volunteered at um, at Oak City Cares last week uh, on the day that we would have recorded if, if you hadn't been in Barcelona. And we went and we volunteered there as part of work, uh, with, with work. And I had never volunteered for anything before. Cool. And I think I, I've never participated in like any kind of nonprofit or charity. And... And I told a couple people that, and they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, it was, you know, like, I know that when I was graduating high school, we had to do service hours. And for a lot of people, that was volunteering. For me, my service hours that I ended up doing was just, like, I vacuumed the church my mom worked at every day after, after they, because Catholic Catholics have, like, a rosary mass for old people every day. Oh, so like, they have skin flakes off and stuff, so you got to yeah. vacuum. But so you go vacuum or you, you know, refix the booklets or you do, there's a whole bunch of things you do. So I, that was what I did, but that's not really, I don't really consider that volunteering. Yeah, well, there's a difference between volunteering for a, the organization that does charity work. Because you volunteered for TFS. You come and videotaped our things. You've done volunteer. Sure. But that was helping our organization, not going on one of our service things, like to the food right. bank and volunteering for the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, but I, but I, we, we got to, to this Oak, Oak City Cares and um, this is something that I haven't talked about really on the podcast. I don't know that I've ever mentioned it to you at all, Matthew, but like I've often told Sarah, especially since moving down here, because there's so much more homeless people here than what I see when I saw, when I lived in Massachusetts. And I, and I used to say like, oh, if I ever get rich, I would, you know, I had some ideas as to how I would try to help the homeless. And they obviously, you know, Oak City Cares does not have the funding, obviously, that I'm, I was talking about if I won the lottery, how I would go crazy, you know, helping, you know, building a skyscraper to house homeless people and help them get, you know, some kind of housing and stuff. But but Oak City Cares is doing amazing work. And I, I was like on borderline 
emotional when we got there. I like how amazing that pro that project is. And I had because I had never really volunteered in a way that I considered service. Uh, you know, like I, it had never clicked in my head the the impact you can have and how like that's that opened something up that I didn't know about myself. And so like literally, that was last Tuesday. So we're what seven eight eight days away, and it was like oh shit, this is a thing that I like. I like when I when I was sitting there, I was like, oh, I should talk to Matthew about this because I I don't know if like if uh if the TFS knows about this and I, and like in in about this you know organization or you know because they they partner with a lot of other th groups including some religious groups and and I was like and they get a lot of help and are you familiar with Oak City Cares? I I am not, but I'm smiling because I was just copying links that. We at TFS, one of the, what we do, we do a lot of services, like organize opportunities for our members to volunteer together. Mm -hmm. And we do the food bank um, of Eastern North Carolina a lot. And right now we're in the midst of a virtual one where it's, instead of going to volunteer, they're basically um, asking for money and asking for donations and stuff. So I was going to throw the link around um, because I was going to say, I'm going to make you come out and volunteer with us because we do it. And then I was, oh, wait, the one we're doing right now, like we planned for the winter, it might be bad weather. Instead of making it live, we did we planned a virtual one. So yeah. we're in the midst of it. Oh, that's cool. And but I, but I, Yeah, but I'll get the information for um, Oak City from you because uh, we definitely can add more to what we do. Yeah, Oak City. So, uh, you know, I want to just go off on a tangent here for a minute about, about Oak City. But Oak City was telling – so – they are not a homeless shelter, but what they do is they provide, they help, help and they provide other services for for homeless uh, people, for food impoverished people, and for people on the verge of homelessness or food impoverishment. They'll help you, right? They'll help you apply for for food stamps that and and get through the the hoops of it probably and. They help you get medical services and and behavioral uh, medical services and yeah, right. They they help remove the barriers to assistance. Alex, I'm repeating what you said because the audience can't hear you. Uh, okay, I just wanted you to think I'm not like parroting you to be to be weird. Um, they help remove those. They also you know there was like they're they're constantly doing little. They every month they. Like, did they say every month? I think it was month. It could have been quarter. They they ask the people how what what they need to what they need Oak City Cares to to do uh, to help them. And so they do stuff like um, they'll have lawyer lawyer bankruptcy lawyers come out or, or eviction sorry eviction lawyers come out and they do like eviction um, presentations on like these are your rights if you've been evicted or if you're in the process of being evicted these are your rights and. So they they have a wide variety of ways that they help. It's it's and and they do provide food like um they they provide more more weekend meals um but they also help provide showers. Um uh, they provide laundry services. We saw we saw people doing laundry. We saw you know they have shower stalls. I'm you doing laundry. And it, but but like the point being like they, these this was very utilized and when they were talking to us they also mentioned that um, other cities are have have sent in people to model. So I think they oh, mentioned so a really good job. Florida cities that have done it, Alaskan cities, uh, Charlotte, um, 
I don't remember. I think they said Orlando, but I could be wrong on that. But they, they like this is Fayetteville. Um, Durham is Durham is getting competitive and saying we're going to do even better, and, which is great. Yeah, be competitive. And they were like they were encouraging of like yeah, outdo us. You need it. Like so, th- it opened up something that like you know like I've always thought like it's important to do good for others and it's important to help people less fortunate or who are in hard times. But I had never participated in it and so like i didn't really get the the like oh this is this is vital like we we need to be we need to work together for all my borderline marxist you know stuff that i talk about i had not participated and yep and so that has helped flesh out my meaning of life it added to so you know i i had the the family, and then I have the the artistic passions and dreams, and now I have my worldview as far as how I want to engage and improve the world. And obviously, those things can be blended together. That sounds delightful. What did you, what did you guys specifically do? We sorted. Um, so they had like, um, they had soaps and body washes and shampoos and nail clippers and. Um, there were these, uh, I'm going to totally fuck up the description of these, but they were like, to me I th- at first, before they told us what it was, I thought it was like maxi pads, but they were, they're like super thin, uh, blankets that can, you know, they, they, they're about this big and then they're probably yay thick and that, but if you open them up there, they're these super thin, um, blankets that will help keep you warm. They had um hand warmers anything that people would need at this time of year that are living out on the streets um they we sorted them into different groups um uh, so that they could be distributed properly that sounds cool what when we do the food bank generally you know it's you go there and you never know what you're going to get so uh, like one time I went just with Jacob. It wasn't with, T- with TFS, just Jacob and I went because we felt like volunteering. And uh, it was dry goods. And it was stuff like that was donated. That was like groceries, not not food, but like stuff from like pharmacies and, and grocery stuff that was just the, the, the non-food stuff. Like so we're going through basically sorting out, taking out anything that was medicine because they couldn't accept medicine as donations. So I take out any medicines. But like leaving it like found condoms and Jacob's like, do we keep these? He was like 14 years old. I'm like, yeah, people need to have a good time safely. You know, that, that gets kept, you know, and it was other stuff, but usually it's food stuff like donated from farms and you're going through and taking like these mesh tubes, tying a knot in it, filling it with about 10 pounds of apples or whatever it is. And then tying a knot on the other side and putting it in the box. So you're making like sizes they can give out to families. Um, and looking for the rotten stuff, looking for something that has worms or has rotten and, and putting that in the discard pile. And when it's apples, it's delightful because, you know, apples smell like apples and that's lovely. When it's potatoes, potatoes smell like potatoes, which is fine. But rotten potatoes smell like very rotten potatoes. So when you, once you get to the ones that are rotten and mushy or moldy, like you're discarding and your finger sinks into it by accident because it's all mushy, you're like, I am not going to eat a potato for a year. And uh, so a TFS, a lot of times it's potatoes when we go. And like we go out to eat afterwards and like anyone who orders French fries gets scowled at. <laughs> and uh, one time when Jacob was in high school, we went and we were with a bunch of TFS people at this huge 
box of like you know tons literally of potatoes sorting them and there's jacob was we we, we jacob was going because he was in um like high school honor society and needed to get volunteer hours right like you were saying and there was another parent and teenage child at our box who was not part of tfs they were just there that day and randomly stood at our box that you know we happened to be at and jacob <laughs> looks up and at uh, one of my friends and goes how many potatoes does it take to kill an irishman that guy goes I, I don't know and jacob goes none absolutely none <laughs> and we all, we all laugh and then one of my buddies is like did you just make a potato famine joke and jacob's like yep <laughs> and and the father and son just looked at each other like, who are these weird people that thought that was something you should laugh at? Like, you know, like you did, Mike. Uh, yeah. I but it's funny because Jacob was also the quietest kid in the world. So the fact that he told that joke in front of everybody was just like monumental. Nice. Well, speaking of inappropriate jokes, I want to talk about something real quick. Uh, this will be a patron. This is not at all related yeah. to them. Well, it's so I'm sitting at home sperm. doing weird things to my dog with a fork, right? And no, it's it's related to every sperm is sacred. So that's a Steve Martin joke, by the way. I didn't write that. Great. So now we have something for the patrons. Um, <laughs> also, um, one something of, for the patrons. One of the last few podcast, a, a few episodes that we did, you and I kind of went on a slight, like a very short tangent about communism. Here's some pussy for the patrons. Pussy for the patrons. Um, so we uh weird on the audio um version <laughs> yeah <laughs> matthew's just showing his camera um especially because the patrons don't get the video version uncensored yet yet but it's one of my kitty cats if we get enough patrons we will just release the uncensored video version too release the hounds but uh we were talking about communism um for like 30 seconds or something on one of the most recent episodes and i was like I think I'm going to cut this because we were so pro-communism to some extent. I was like, I'm going to cut it. I'll just leave it for the $10 patrons. That's the least communist thing we can do and it'll <laughs> offset it. <laughs> so Alex and I are the only ones who saw the uh, saw that, unless you saw it live, which... Live I it. saw a, a woman on TikTok recently who was talking about how pure capitalism only works if you sprinkle in some socialism you know yeah. you need some socialist like safety nets pure capitalism and, only works right well and pure communism doesn't work like the soviet union didn't handle it and the way they came out of it was sprinkling in some capitalism like neither one of the systems work by themselves they both need yeah. some of the things the other system has yeah i just like the pure capitalism only works when you cut it yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't want to od yeah yeah, you don't need that baking soda of communism in your pure capitalism. Oh, man, you got capitalism in my communism. <laughs> nice. So, anyway, um, I, I was at, so I went to Disney World this last week, weekend, and I was with Sarah's friends, and sometimes uh, people talk over me a lot. Um, so anyway, I, I was thinking there's yeah, a really joke exactly. I used to love. You are very, this, you're coming into this story, don't worry. So some people <laughs> talk over me, and when it's finally my turn to speak again and I can finish my thought, I go, so anyway. And I realize <laughs> that that's more what I'm doing 
And and because someone called me out on it, she w- interrupted me, ranted for a minute and a half, and then I went. So anyway, back to my point, and uh, and then she goes. So anyway, like she was like kind of like taken you aback. Missed everything it. I said. And I was like, well, you interrupted me. You talked over me, and I was like, oh, that's my, that must be what I'm doing with Matthew. And I'm not even <laughs> conscious conscious of it. So, so anyway, I say so. My favorite joke in high school was about the meaning of life. And so it was, it was, I had a, a, a joke mentor, a friend of my dad who passed away years ago, but who used to tell a joke for, I don't know, half an hour, an hour. Like one time he started telling the joke on the way to a party we were going to. And every time he saw me during the party, he would talk for a couple minutes more joke and didn't finish it till late that night. And like, he was known for how long his jokes took. So he's telling this joke to me about, and he, everything was first person. It was always his, his story. He goes, so um, my, my cousin my cousin was business making $180,000 a year. And this is back in the eighties when that was a ton of money, you know, he was really rolling in it, but he felt hollow, you know, he felt hollow inside. So he, um, he went to uh, his minister and he said, minister, I, I feel hollow inside. What's the meaning of life? And the minister said, well, you can devote yourself to, you know, Jesus or to good works. He goes, no, and I mean, but the real meaning of life. And he's like, actually, I, to be honest, I don't know. You know, that's 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 above my pay grade. So, you know, sorry. So, so my cousin thinks for a while. He goes, well, you know what? I learned from the transforming the faith uh, YouTube video that Protestantism is not as old as Catholicism. So I'll go ask a priest who dates back further and has more wisdom. So he asked the priest, and the priest is like, well. To be fair, I don't know the true meaning. I can give you things that will help you, but I don't know the true meaning of life. Only God knows that. I mean, but you could, you could ask a rabbi. You know, their culture is older than ours. So he goes to a rabbi, and he says, Rabbi, what is the meaning of life? And and the rabbi says, uh, it's hard to say. And he goes, no one's helping me. So he decides he's going to go to Europe, which is an older culture than America, and he will travel Europe until he finds the meaning of life. So he goes to Europe, and he spends 10 years talking to different priests and rabbis and and religious leaders and philosophers, and and nobody's giving him what he needs. So he goes, you know what? Asian culture is older than um, European culture. I'm going to go to Asia. And he's traveling through Asia, and he spends 10 years. So he's about 25 years of his life now searching for the meaning of life before he finds this one um, hermit who says, on top of this mountain is the ultimate Lama who can give you the meaning of life. But to go to him, you must go with nothing but what is on your back. Don't bring food. Don't bring supplies. You must prove yourself and purify yourself climbing the mountain. No one has ever made it up the mountain. After Most people turn back, and we, it takes a year to get up the mountain. So at 18 months, most people end up back at my door. And my cousin said, I'm going. I'm going up the mountain. I'm going to find the llama, and I'm going to find out the meaning of life. So he starts up the mountain, and he spends months and months, and he spends a year climbing the mountain. and eventually half dead and starving with no clothes left on his body, covered in scratches and scabs and hardly even bleeding anymore because of the cold and because of the coagulation of his previous wounds. He sees a small cave and in front of the cave, a small fire and in front of the fire, a wizened old man. And he crawls to the man and the man helps sit him up, gives him some tea. He drinks of the tea. And the man says, my son, why have you come to me? And so my cousin says, please, please, I've been searching my entire life. What is the meaning of life? And the old man says, 
life, my son, is like a waterfall. And my cousin says, what? Life is like a waterfall. He goes, life's like a fucking waterfall? I spent 25 years of my life studying and searching and reading and talking to people and, and giving up stuff. I spent a year climbing this fucking mountain. I'm half dead. And you tell me life's like a waterfall? And the old man goes, eh, maybe it's not. <laughs> what? One of my favorite jokes in high school. Like if I was an absent teacher, I would tell that for the entire class period to someone like for 41 minutes. Hit That's the like a Norm McDonald joke. Then get out the, the door to... before it was too too late. I would love to hear Norm McDonald do it like that joke because he was great at the like dragging yeah. out like. So. I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll write it up, send it to Thomas Smith, and see if he'll record it. <laughs> Closest we can get to Norm McDonald. Yeah. All right. Um, I did have a different uh something came up while you were talking uh, because that so anyway joke, that joke took almost as long as I did the, the fast version <laughs> so uh does the meaning of life include after our lives and i don't mean afterlife i mean does our legacy do we you know like i and obviously it's different for everyone but do we think personally that you know, our legacy is part of our meaning, meanings of our lives. I think it does. And for, for me, indirectly, I mean, I think I want to do things in this world that make a positive impact and that positive impact will last beyond, but I don't know if there is an active thing I need to do before I die. That's besides like, I mean, I've raised children that I think will continue to make a positive. Like you're talking about my, my daughter is an activist and she's trying you know, I will leave her behind to make a positive impact. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, we met because you came to work for me at a in vitro diagnostics company. Because as I often say, um, and I said on LinkedIn today, I am not smart enough to be a doctor, so I can't save people's lives. But I've always worked in healthcare where the skills I do have go towards helping the greater mission for public health and public good um, to help doctors and laboratories make the right decisions for the right treatments to help prolong people's lives, which, you know, in the long run definitely goes into the future because those people continue to live lives and hopefully make a positive impact. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I and think that's why I don't work in marketing for a chocolate company. Like I, I've like, I've been in in vitro diagnostics for eight years and Hey, everyone, I'm going to give you a little, uh, a special announcement here. Hope no one from work's listening. Uh, I quit my job. <laughs> so I'm going back to pharma and I'm going to work for an HIV company and work on um, marketing and communicating to doctors and maybe to patients. I don't know exactly what my role will be yet. Um, the proper use and the proper time to use which um, HIV med versus which other one um, to help people you know, do more, live longer, you know, feel better. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very happy, uh, you know, for you. And, and I think that it, I, I, you know, when I worked at your current about to be former, uh, company, I don't know. Yeah, I'll you, say the name after the day as my, after my last yeah. day. When, when I, that, worked I don't there, think there's any rules that we can't say our name because in social media, we're supposed to write my views are my own. They are not the views of yeah. our company. When I worked there, it was one of, I mean, obviously I made a good friend there, but, um, Lenny. Oh, Lenny. Remy. 
Remy, yeah. Oh, I should have said Remy, not Lenny. Uh, <laughs> was, I actually, I really liked pretty much everybody that I worked with there. Um, but obviously, I mean, you know, business partner, podcast co-host, you know, and guy who will beat beat the shit out of me to beat me to death for liking pineapple pizza or disliking pineapple pizza. Um, the irony is so strong with that one. I know, because I am a pineapple pizza guy, and you're not. <laughs> um, but, like, in addition to that, I, I mean, I just took a temp job that needed, you know, needed somebody with an English degree, and I got this temp job, and, and in addition to the obvious, you know, connection with you, uh, it was a, you know, company that helped diagnose, uh, diagnose um, sepsis earlier than other te- tests and i mean for all intents and purposes i don't know that sarah was ever specifically diagnosed with sepsis when she, when after logan was born but like sarah had, had sarah you know almost died and had a huge crisis of uh, like medical crisis and um and and if it wasn't sepsis it was fucking close and and it was you know it was i don't know that a specific bacteria type becomes sepsis, you know, so I, I'm, maybe I'm... Sepsis technically is your body's overreaction to the infection. So okay, you have so... that infection, and the sepsis is your body's response to the infection. Right, and she, so she had that. And yeah. and in the process of, of working there, I was like, it, it was just really amazing that I got thrown into this job where I met a guy who likes all the same shit as me, and the company does this thing that would help save uh, people who were in the same situation my wife had been in. And, and I remember, you know, I got to talk to, you know, I helped film stuff with, with doctors giving testimony. And so I would talk, you know, and I got to talk to some doctors and be like, Hey, you're from the area. If, you know, my wife had this issue, like what hospitals would you recommend going to? So like I knew, I, I've been told what hospitals are the best hospitals if to avoid those issues if if Sarah has another baby. So we know like which hospitals have those tests and so it was this great thing um to just get to experience and I and, and I've never I, I've had a lot of good jobs and I've enjoyed a lot of jobs. I've never had fulfillment the way that I had at It's the cream pie of jobs. It really is. It, fin- it, it, it. You just want to just just finish in there and just like like a little Debbie it, oatmeal cream it pie and cake. It's just yeah. tasty and delicious and has cookies yeah. and yeah. And then after you're done, you you just lick the cream out, um, and then pass it to somebody else so they can enjoy it too. <laughs> so, so many cream pie clips. Um, can't wait to see what Alex makes us for some some real subreddit. <laughs> So, um, as far as my answer to the after, after our lives thing, mine's similar to yours. I think that I want to leave the world better than I found it. I don't give a shit if I'm remembered for that. I think that Logan is a better person than I am so far. Uh, and I hope that he continues to be, and I hope he makes a better impact. And but the fact that I got to help bring him into the world will be part of that and but if i'm if logan does some amazing shit and they never talk about logan's father i will i'll be okay with that if um you know if i 
somehow working at you know that other job was able to to help even like one person's life and they you know maybe it's maybe even i don't even know about the impact that i'm gonna have i'm i'm okay with that as long as i try to to have a positive effect that the world is better for me having been here and nobody knows that i'm okay with it so because i won't know so what's the difference you won't know i mean i after I'm gone, I won't know if anyone knows that I made a difference. Oh, so, I thought you meant so you won't know that I made a difference. Yeah, I know you made a difference. I know you made the world worse. It's funny. I thought Jacob's you were godfather die first say, because you're older. <laughs> I went way darker with it. Yeah, we'll see. I have a I have a new business where I you know I rent out a bus and. <laughs> uh, so when when Jacob was young and it became obvious that he is beyond brilliant, uh, his godfather used to say that he's either going to save the world or destroy it. <laughs> Depends on what he chooses to do with his power. And it's, we've been uh, watching the Robert Jordan Wheel of Time uh, adaptation on Amazon, the, uh, the Wheel of Time story. And that's about the dragon reborn and the prophecies, the dragon will either destroy the world, break the wheel, you know, or save it. Nice. So that's, um, that's Jacob. So far, he's coding on websites. He's not damaging anything. And he's teaching, you know, university classes. So he's teaching the next generation. That's cool. That's, yeah. By the way, I was thinking about it when you were talking earlier. Um, it is, because I think we mentioned it a couple weeks ago that obviously, like, Jacob's your child, the person in your family that I know the least. But other than you, he's the person I met first. And I remembered, like, oh, yeah, before we started doing videos together, I randomly ran in, and I was like, I've, I've seen that kid's face all over Matthew's computer. I hear someone and, and, speaking German in the grocery store. That and must I walked, be Matthew's yeah. son. He was talking German, and he looked like, and he looked like the picture. And I was like, and I was like, are you, are you Matthew's son? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that until you yeah, started saying something. Yeah, we had we ran into his his German teacher at the grocery store. So he and his German teacher were talking, and I just went out went away and kept kept shopping. Like he and that was, was before whatever. That was before the pineapple pizza video. So that was before the, the birth the of early this great partnership. That was just your boss. Yeah. Anyway, do you have any last thoughts on the meaning of life? I think yet. life is what you make of it. Or, to quote the great Tom Lear, life is like a sewer. What you get out of it depends on what you put into it. Nice. That is, I like him. He's still alive, right? He's going to be pushing 100, right? Uh, he might still be alive. I mean, I know like 10 years ago he was still teaching. Oh, he was still alive last time I looked, which was in, the, which was in COVID. I'm pretty sure he hasn't died yet. I'm looking him up right now. Um, um, that, Wikipedia says 95 years old. Yeah, yeah. I so I like uh, I've I've I'm gonna just go into a Tom Lehrer uh, rant rant for a second. I've watched a few things where um, Werner von Braun is a is a character within you know, and mostly you know, it's, it's his right? time his time in NASA. Was he in Oppenheimer? I don't know. I'm asking. I didn't no, see no, no. He was right, in. Right so thing. if you if you ever watch um, For All Mankind, which I uh, highly recommend, um, he's in the first season. He's a character in that, and um, 
and he's in other other stuff and uh he was in the Nazi was Hunters, the Nazi show, the where they hunt Nazis down and kill them. Uh Al Pacino and Logan Lerman. Yeah. I so, like uplifting stuff like that. Yeah. It was it I recommend both of those shows. They're both good. But uh there there is an implication that the general public did not know, and I guess that there you know, there's a, a heavy a lot of people did not know that he was an you know, he was working with the Nazi party before coming to America. Nazi schmazi. And then you hear Tom Lehrer's song, song about him, and you're like, how the fuck did you not know? <laughs> like, like, this guy was doing a song about it in, you know... 1968. 1968, exactly. That's and that's the year that was. It's the year before the moon landing. So we... Yeah, it was... his name is Werner von Braun. Yeah, <laughs> once the rockets go up, who cares where they come down? That's not my department, says Werner von Braun. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, also, I love as as a kid. I think Alex will relate to this more than you will, Matthew. But as a kid of the a kid of the eighties and nineties, uh, I was a big fan of the Animaniacs. And for those who don't know about Werner von Braun, oh, sorry, not Werner von Braun. For those who don't know about Tom Lehrer, uh, he is the inspiration because he did a song. Was it the Elements? It was all the Elements, the tune of, of Modern Age General. Yeah, and and uh, Wacko or Yakko does all of the countries and all of the states. Two different clips up to the same tune. The Olivia da 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 and like and it goes through the whole thing and and so for many of us animaniac uh children it was a is that an animaniacs cup i thought it was for a second <laughs> um i'm in the wrong for, room i have an animaniacs tape dispenser in my other office yeah also i like that it's the warner brothers and dot because it's wb dot yeah wb dot just kind of like how we have WB chocolate dot Chocolate Diamond Media. Because <laughs> Matthew's the media. Yeah. According to Matthew. Chocolate. Yeah, exactly. I, I own the media. The Jew. Um, so, my... <laughs> so my it's great is that Alex saying it in context is not in the audio, but you just said <laughs> the Jew is. The Jew. <laughs> There, there so, was so you, one of the clips that Matt, that that Alex started to edit, and then it kind of disappeared, and I didn't see it. Was our um, neutral semitism was the name of one of the clips, and I was like, "Oh, I want that clip." And then, it, then I went to go download the clip, and it was gone. And I was like, "Fuck, that's neutral semitism would have been a good fun clip to post." <laughs> but so anyway, my last thoughts on the meaning of life are. I think that obviously it differs for everybody, but it's really, it's less important that you find the meaning of life in, and more important that you look for it. And that's cliched, but it's true. Sometimes cliches are, they, sometimes cliches are cliches for a reason. So um, with that, Let's uh well I'll disagree just to be so we can have disagreement. Sure. I think it's more important more important than there being a meaning in life is that you make meaning in your life. 
Sure, that's, I that's agree with that take. too. You, know, you don't shore me. You stick with your take. That's why we get finished in ten minutes because you just agree with each other. <laughs> we don't stick I, to our guns. So you can look for the goddamn podcast. meeting. I'm going to make my goddamn meeting. You you go buy it pre-made off a shelf. Meetings are us. Whatever the hell you want to do, I'm going to get in the kitchen. I'm going to roll my sleeves up. I'm going to wear short sleeves, whatever, and I'm going to make meaning, and it's going to be delicious and homemade, and I'll do it with a fucking accent. I started this podcast because I wanted to have good conversations with people who I admired, respected. Well, too they, bad you got me. And, and and so sometimes that means that when when I don't have anything to push back on, when you make a good point, I'm not going to disagree just to disagree because I can learn the goddamn take- formula. All right. So, anyway, let's go, <laughs> let's, let's go to the plugging. Uh, so, um, Matthew. Um, plugging, then cream pie, sounds like a deal. Yeah, I actually feel like it will make me feel really full, which, yeah, since I'm satisfied. getting hungry, is good. Um, if, if anybody wanted to find this podcast on – actually <laughs> – if you're watching live right now and you've enjoyed this podcast, we will be going live typically every Tuesday at 6.30. Occasionally, a guest will request a different time or something else will happen. Sometimes we skip a week because we do a double. Um, but typically, 6.30 on Tuesday, uh, 6.30 Eastern Standard Time on Tuesdays on Facebook and on YouTube. We would love it if you like and subscribe, follow our Facebook page, you know, do all those things to be to be able to, to access the live version. If you're listening to the podcast pre-recorded and edited, there's a few things that we would also like it, that would be great if you could do. We would like it if you would hit like, give us a thumbs up, give us a review or a rating, however your particular podcast app works. Um, Matthew likes to, to point out that you should go on iTunes and do or the Apple podcast and do it regardless of whether or not you're using yeah, Apple you can podcast. log in on your desktop you don't need the app and um, because they are probably one of the bigger markets but also Spotify you know there's so many ways to get it and they and they all have and all of them ended a cream pie and all, I'm yeah. sorry I'm sorry go do your do, do your call to action go there's go, gonna be go, so go. much edit it's like I'm we're gonna everybody just, loves a cream pie Mike Face yeah. it. I'm, I'm leaving some of the. I'm gonna have to just leave some of the cream pie in. Um, you so, have to leave some of it in. You like you had to get it all out. I mean, you could try peeing, but I mean, there's only so much you can get out. Jesus Christ, brother! It's so hard to get. It is hard, you. but that's so. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so anyway, we if if you want to support the show. Um, if you want to support the show, you, oh, or if you're watching us on YouTube. Okay, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe. I was doing really fucking good bell. before you started interrupting. <laughs> Tell us about a topic and you want us to cover in the comments. Make a yeah. comment about how much you like Little Debbie's Cream Pie. Whatever you want to do. If you're listening on Apple, hit follow on Apple. Give us a five-star review. Like we said, you can just go to iTunes and do that without even um, being an actual iTunes user. Um, hey, if you are an Apple iTunes user, though, you can subscribe to this podcast for a dollar a month, and you'll get every episode four days earlier. You'll know about the cream pie before anyone on your blog. Yeah, and if you 
would like to support us monetarily in a, or in another way other than just the one dollar Apple one. You can go on patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff. We have a one dollar option which gets you the regular version of the show four days early on Monday. Just like Fridays. on Apple. And if and if you uh, want a little bit more of the naughty stuff, it's three dollars. And then if you want the full, well, you want us to just leave it in till that thing stops spurting, then you can go and get the $10 cream pie extravaganza Patreon. So, um, yeah. Also, I wanted to say for all you audience members that uh, if if you want to see Matthew bully me less on the trade show where he he interrupts my... uh, the best take that I've ever done of the stuff, and then bullies me about the fact that I can't get back into my rhythm. Comment that in any of the formats. We would be happy to hear that. I love how he says that as if he was doing it well. I was doing it well. You'll never know because it'll be edited out, so you'll never know the stumbling over his words. He's like, Mike's like, hey, if you like the world's best podcast, go ahead and follow us. If like, you Mike, enjoy, that's not even what we're called. You don't even know the name. The world's. Did I say the world's best podcast this time? No, but you could have. Oh, I was gonna say I haven't done that in so long. <laughs> anyway, talking about the big stuff. So Matthew, I I just want before we go thank everyone for coming here to talk about the big stuff with us. It gives our life's meaning. The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media LLC production. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.